I was um, browsing through the church notices in the paper as a um, as clergy tend to do, just checking out what everybody else is doing. And um, I came across a church that was advertising a group called Firm Foundations. And I thought, oh, that's a good name for a, a Bible study group. And then I had a, a look more closely at the next line, and it said, Firm Foundations, Women's Keep Fit Group. <laughs> and about that, I thought perhaps I couldn't possibly comment. Firm Believers was another one I saw. <laughs> Our Bible readings today, we're on this final Sunday before we move into Lent. And they do bring us right back to the foundations of our faith and where to place our trust as we enter these 40 days of Lent. Um, and it's always, I think, has a challenge to us to consider our own discipleship and our walk of faith, but perhaps especially in challenging times for our country and our world over the next few weeks. So in biblical terms, we are called to walk with Jesus that long road to Jerusalem. And we know that that road for Jesus ends with rejection and betrayal and the suffering of, of the cross. And so our question might have been, what grounded Jesus as he made that long journey to Jerusalem? And what will ground our faith as we make this journey together? What will ground our faith in this very uncertain world with Russian aggression threatening war in Europe and closer to home, the march of Omicron uh, rapidly increasing its footprint around us? Well, let's go as ever to the scriptures and our reading from the prophet Isaiah this morning opens up our eyes to a bigger perspective as Isaiah so often does. And it's a wonderful uh, picture of all creation, uh, the trees and the mountains joining in with God's people in praising the God of redemption and liberation. And they're pretty well-known uh, verses, sometimes sung, but they come from the last chapter of what we call Second Isaiah, uh, those chapters which were written towards the end of the people of Israel's years in exile in Babylon. And so they've been out of their own country, they've been refugees if they like, but now God is promising to bring them back home in joy and in peace. And it's like all creation, the mountains and the hills and the trees are called to rejoice as well. That's a great testimony, I think, to God's faithfulness and God's trustworthy character, the God who does not give up on people, but restores them and is their faithful rock through all the changes and all the vicissitudes of life. All this will be a memorial to the Lord. All this will be an everlasting sign. So God's people are to witness by God's action in their lives to God's loving and redeeming character, so much so that we become a living sign of God's presence with all creation. And so we who bear the name of Christians are called to be that everlasting sign to people around us, those who seek to live out our faith in God's trustworthy character in the way we live our lives. And then our gospel reading was just the very final section of Jesus' Sermon on the Plain. And he's challenging his hearers not just to hear, but also to put their trust in his words and then to live them out in concrete actions for good in our world. 
So we get that um, wonderful and quite challenging uh, little thing that's become a proverb about specks in someone else's eye, and it's a bit like speck savers, isn't it? But logs in your own eye. And Jesus challenges those of us with a bit of a critical streak to try, first of all, to be self-critical, to look not at the finger pointing at the other person, but to look at the four fingers that are, in fact, pointing back to us. Being critical. Now, that's something to give up for Lent, isn't it? Then we have all that abundant imagery of trees and fruit, and Jesus putting his finger on bearing fruit, particularly in the way we speak. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Ouch. That's another bit of a Lenten challenge, isn't it? To seek to speak words that bear fruit for good and that build up, not tear down, and that encourage growth and trust, not anxiety or despair. And then finally, as in our wonderful picture there, the challenge to build our house on the rock of the firm foundation of faith in our Lord Jesus. So that when the floods come, and they do, as we know, our house will stand and not be washed away. Perhaps uh, many of us have got that children's song, you know, the wise man built his house upon the rock uh, in our heads. Or perhaps you might think of the cornerstone song that we sing as well. Christ alone, cornerstone, weak made strong in the Saviour's love. Through the storm, he is Lord, Lord of all. So many of us have found the truth of those words true in recent years, haven't we? Uh, thinking now uh, when so much of this earthly foundations of the city were shattered and yet God has proved trustworthy and has proved to be our grounding, if you like, the ground of our being, um, as theologian Ford Tillich put it, when our earthly ground has been so insecure, God is that ground. And it's that grounding of our faith in Christ that then enables us to go out and to speak and to act in ways that we pray will bear good fruit in our world. I think we can feel so powerless, can't we, as we hear and see the pain and the suffering of that Russian invasion of Ukraine. And we see people cowering in underground stations from the bombing or fleeing on trains to wherever might promise a safe haven. And we know that so many of those people are Christians, they're Orthodox Christians, um, and they're both Ukrainian Orthodox Christians and Russian Orthodox Christians, millions uh, of people of that side of our church. And they too will be praying. And we think of that phrase, and it's actually on the poster um, as we drive past out here. I don't know if you've noticed it as you drive past. Be still and know that I am God. And it actually comes from Psalm 46, verse 10. But I think it's good to read the verses either side of it. We tend to think it's sort of a, a nice sort of, you know, just calm down and center yourself and still yourself in God. And it is all of that. But actually, in the original Psalm, the verse before says, The Lord makes wars to cease to the ends of the earth. The Lord breaks the bow and shatters the spear. The Lord burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. And the words actually be muzzled. It's like Jesus calming that storm on the lake. It's 
calling on the forces of the world and of the nations to submit to God. I am exalted among the nations, God says. I am exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. And you might like to look up those verses and to pray the verses around as we pray for the Ukraine at this time. They're good words to pray and to hold on to, kia u, at this time of uncertainty in our world, to hold fast to. They'd be good to pray on Ash Wednesday this week. The Pope has called for a day of prayer and fasting for world peace around the world. So let's join in with that. The Archbishop of York, uh, Stephen Cottrell, has also called us to pray and to act. And he said this, Jesus urged his followers to be peacemakers, not just peace lovers. And that's an important distinction because it's a call to action. Peace is something we all need to work at. We make peace and we choose peace. We don't just hope to keep it. And then we pray because we believe God's grace has the final word, not the horrors of sin, not death. And we also pray because we know that that prayer will then shape our will and shape our resolve to act. I was talking uh, with uh, John Day on Friday night in, in York, and he sends greetings to everybody here. Um, was really interested to know how things are here, and uh, some of us were having a chat to John about how things are going over there um, post-Omicron, uh, and he was saying, uh, yeah, we're getting back into church, and people are just loving uh, meeting again, and they're even talking about having communion wine again. And so it was sort of like hearing they're just that much further ahead, um, and that was really encouraging. Um, just to sort of hear how our brothers and sisters around the world are getting on and helps us to keep some perspective, I think. The other uh, call to live out our faith in a very concrete way uh, came from our own Archbishop of Canterbury, Justin Welby, and he was talking to a recent uh, General Synod of the Church of England over there. And he said this, we're nearly at Lent, and as we journey again towards Lent, some of you might be thinking what you might give up during this season of penitence and of discipleship. I urge you to consider giving up cynicism and renewing love for those with whom you and I differ. But of course, it's not easy. Some of them have views that we find so obnoxious that we wish they were not in the church with us. And we even convince ourselves that really in God's mind, because God agrees with us, that they are not with us in the church. We might perhaps think of some uh, events in Wellington. And yet they and we are equally loved by God in Christ, equally sinners needing to repent, equally part of the body of Christ. And I'm really encouraged to hear those continuing uh, conversations between those in the cathedral in Wellington and those who are part of the process there. I was talking um, about giving up cynicism recently, and someone thought I was talking about anti-cynicism, S-I-N-I-C-I-S-M, which is a word that you might uh, want to Google, but it's talking about being anti-Chinese. And um, I suddenly realised that we'd actually, we were talking completely at cross-purposes, 
And we had to do a little bit of a sorting out about cynicism and cynicism, which sound exactly the same, but are two quite different words. But it gave me pause how easy it is to hear something and completely misinterpret it and um, get the wrong end of the stick and perhaps take umbrage or to become cynical, if you like, or disenchanted and how easily relationships can break down. And uh, I thought, gosh, that's a real challenge as we think about um, uh, being anti-anything, anti-Russian maybe. And I was thinking of the Russian Orthodox Church, which I know meets down on Brougham Street and the Ukrainian community in Christchurch. And it was so good to see that solidarity. It was on the TV yesterday of a Ukrainian girl and a Russian girl standing together. And I thought that is so important uh, when it's so easy to polarise. So giving up cynicism might well be not a bad thing to give up for Lent, um, as it's so easy to get cynical and disillusioned about the world scene or the church scene or any number of things. So let's reclaim that really deep grounding in Christ our rock, in the peace, the deep peace of being God's ransomed and restored people, children of God, as we sang, being those who know the love of Jesus, who walked this earth and knows what it's like, who walked that road to Jerusalem, came into our world to bring new hope and new life. Perfect love casts out fear, and let's seek to walk in that love and to spread that love this week. So as we prepare to enter Lent this week on Wednesday, let's make sure our foundations are firm in Jesus Christ, our rock. Amen. Well, let's join in prayer 